High tech. Good evening, Rock again. This is your favorite Australian Hanamatos. Please join us on this The Hidden City Roller Derby. How's it going, everyone? Hello. Hey, man. Good. Sounds like you're emerging from something. I was just waiting for the cultural appropriation and just some classic Australian music to go over the top there. <laughs> Maybe next week. So, uh, I'm Simkoff, your host. And we have... Uh, who's here today? Do you want to sound off? Uh, this is Melon. Volunteers, anyone else? <laughs> Sounds like it's just Mel and uh, Ben. Uh, sorry, I, I'm, hello. Hey, I'm Glenn. How are you going? Uh, I'm Bert, uh, aka Tori Dory. What's up? Uh, I'm Enz. Aka the Grinder. <laughs> Welcome, Grinder. <laughs> so it's a big, big team tonight. Five of us here, uh, all from Melbourne. And we've got a pretty packed one hour show for you. So I think uh, first thing we we're going to talk about was uh, this Friday. A group of us, most of the people on the call, except for Enzi, because he's got other better things to do with his life, um, came around to my joint and we tested pack two. Anyone got initial thoughts on that night? It's not just that we tested pack two. We played for a solid, I think, eight hours of uh, pack two action. Um, And basically, the conclusion I left with at the end of the night is that the new lion box is actually viable. Mm, I thought it was that Kuniyori was awesome. I thought that's what you left the night with. Uh, no, I think if everyone had watched episode one, my prediction that against the waves and cloud the mind ruined that card <laughs> became true. I literally paid seven fate for that card, and then he was clouded and bowed immediately. It felt bad. Mm. Um, Simkoff and uh, Bert, do you want to talk about your successes with the lion box that night? Well, my takeaway was that um, spreading the darkness is unplayable because as soon as you test a spell <laughs> in a testing night, when, it, when there's a brand new spells in the environment, all of your opponents play three copies of Yogo Kikyo. So that's my takeaway is that don't play any spells. <laughs> but that's just saying that basically when, when FFG decides to release a powerful spell and as a good L5R player, you decide that you're going to tech against a meta card, that the punishment from Burt is that it's uh, it's just not in the sport of the game. Um, maybe I should have lost three honor just because I teched that card into my deck. <laughs> speaking of honor you are, loss you are dishonorable. That, speaking of honor loss in that card, uh, since you were testing it, how did you find the two honor loss you know, worked as a cost? Did you I find think, it hampering you or... I, th- I think it was a real cost, man. Like, it, it's an expensive card to play. It yeah. feels like two-thirds of an assassination. So, I guess we should just quickly summarize that the, with the new line, it, it basically, like, it dominated. They uh, Most games, Ben and Burt both got three provinces on turn one uh, because they were able to pump up so high and with immunity from spreading the darkness, it was just really solid. However, in Crab, when I was testing it, that honor loss felt really hard um, and it really changed how I think bidding will go in the future um, and as Bert has said it, it really feels like a real cost losing to honor you know what I found um, whenever whenever I was playing that card um, I would end up bidding five on turn one and then sort of drop the bids because honor sud- kind of suddenly crept up on me so I felt like I wasn't actually drawing through as much of my deck which is challenging Right now, I'm just testing it as a one of in crab. But, you know, as much as I love my Mulaho, um, <laughs> I'm just using it to replace my third Banzai as a as a way to, you know, not have that one per conflict limitation that, as you all know very well, sometimes I don't adhere to. So, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite my favorite recent NZ moment of uh, just not adhering to card text was using uh, the Agasha Swordsmith to get a policy debate. It's pretty good. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> man, Swordsmith is fucking man. broken. 
<laughs> just, just he's just adhering to the upcoming August uh, rules reference guide update, guys. Yeah. I also didn't, I didn't reveal the policy debate until he. Asked oh no, you just put it in your hand. I asked you, what did you draw, man? Oh yeah, yeah, this sweet card. I'm like, oh. nah. As if Dragon weren't already busted enough. They have to, have to change that card. Right. So uh, I guess with that two on a loss comes, uh, like I said, that the line seemed to dominate by just being able to pump, 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 pump. But I found we discussed it immense, uh, you know, numerous times over the night that perhaps things like Watch Commander and bidding low against Lion seem to uh, make that two on a loss really, really hurt because it basically pressures them into breaking by turn two or three, or else they kind of run out of steam. Yeah. It's it's a challenge, right? I think that uh, the air pack was a good first pack to open with, not be just because it's you know alphabetically it's the first one you should <laughs> make. <laughs> but you can get Kudaka out there, and then Strength of Darkness comes in, and all of a sudden going for the airing is really good because not only do you get a card and a fate for it, but you can make up for the fact that you had to play Spreading the Darkness to win the air conflict. Mm. <laughs> I, I think, think one one think great so. side effect of that card is that it. it it means that bidding five is no longer a guarantee yeah. and pe people are trading their quantity of cards for powerful individual effects, which I really like because it's, then it's like a trade-off rather than just a mash the five button every turn and we all just play with 15 card hands. I like that. I think if you're playing Spread in the Darkness, you bid five turn one and your canny opponent bids one. Like you've lost four on already. You're looking at that card. You're looking at Bunzai. It's a huge cost. I'm well, you only saying... know the, you only know that in a cut, though, right? You don't know what they're playing in any other Swiss. Situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, but say you get to the cut and you and you figured it out, right? Like, there's the potential to bid a little bit lower if your deck doesn't require those five cards, right? It causes a lot mm -hmm. of damage to the opponent if they're playing a lot of on loss cards. Don't you just do what our Scorpion Hatamoto did, and that's bid one against an opponent you know is playing three Spreading in the Darknesses and then play two Yoga Kikios? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> I may have done it. That's, Sorry, that's... man. It must, it must just be you, because I played against him on Saturday, and the Kikios me. didn't really work because they got discarded before they could get played. <laughs> All right. Well, that might be a good segue. <laughs> um, probably just before we leave off the Friday night test group, probably... What I took away from that, it's if you do have, if you're lucky enough to have a bunch of, like a good local play group and someone has a place to pull some people over, it's, it's a hell of a lot of fun to just get a team of folk together and, and just try out a bunch of decks and make a night of it. I had a ball. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it definitely, definitely helps, I guess, bring players together. And I definitely think like my fondest memories so far in the game are definitely these sort of nights where we get together with the new the new pack. Um, it's funny that Bert mentions that the uh, Scorpion spell trick was an issue because last time we got together, I did. I was guilty of the same thing when the Phoenix pack came out. <laughs> and so I think, I hope that tradition continues with all the new spells that come out. I, I, I just want to really touch on Enzi's point as well, that I think Enzi's actually already, as he always is, ahead of the meta. I actually think <laughs> Enzi, a one, one of or two of, of Spreading the darkness seems like the correct call, at least at a crab. So one more question we... on this on this pack and your your uh, Friday night test group. Other than spreading the darkness, because obviously every cast has gone into serious detail on how lovely this card is, how meta defining they think it is, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is there any other you know one or maybe two cards from this pack that you changed your mind on, or that you found to just be you know really useful that you tested? Um, I don't know about you guys, but I thought Upholding Authority seemed to pull its weight over the night. I was going to say exactly the same thing. Upholding Authority is great. Hand information is huge, and it usually does a pretty good job, like getting rid of their best card. Yeah, I don't know if I changed my mind on it, but um, Glenn had an interesting strategy as soon as he hit it. First of all, it was a surprise out of Phoenix, right? And then the strategy seemed to be to get rid of all the cards in your hand before they could be looked at. Is that right? I guess because I was running a, an attachment-heavy deck, I could afford to do that. I definitely feel like against, say, Scorpion or um, Crane, you're going to get a lot more value out of that hit because they, they could have, like, two for shames in hand 
that they just haven't been able to play yet or a noble stack or something. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think our, th mind you, it's one play group, but we didn't really test it against Pathfinders that much. But I think that that's the only issue with that card is that you, you just, the interrupt just gets cancelled and that's a waste of a province. Yeah, so the issue of every province versus Pathfinders. <laughs> that's, that's not a problem with the province, though. That's a problem with Pathfinders, right? Yeah. Well, if you if you're Ben, it, that card's clearly not on the restricted <laughs> list. But for the rest of us, yeah, there's a reason it's on the restricted <laughs> list. All right, my card of the week for that pack was Icoma Reservist. That little guy, he's in the conflict. Like if he was a Dynasty card with those same stats, he'd be absolute trash, right? But as a conflict guy in that new Hitsumori stronghold. Did so much work. Just continuously was there to start conflicts, to get uh, Legion of Wand, just be like count ten force for for one one fate. Brilliant. I just kept sacrificing it to the box. But I, oh. <laughs> when I first read that card, I was really disappointed. But I have to say, in practice, it's a little better than I thought. I think um, most of that though is just that we don't have good one drop conflict characters. And any yeah. other clan wouldn't be playing it, right? So, like, no other clan would play that card. It's pretty much trash compared to all the other one-for-one -one ones in the game. But because we're lying, it's pretty good for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. That's the reason why it's good. It's because it, Lion doesn't have yeah. that. They're going to borrow skirmishes. <laughs> yeah. But right. was there any card that jumped out at you when you played it with or against? Um, pack two, hey. I didn't get a chance to play against Crab. Um, or against Yori specifically, but I think that card is the card of the pack, personally. Yeah, I just think... Oh, just, the other I card. Just, I just think against the waves just ruins your day, but I, I agree that the abilities were quite strong. Feral Nino, that card is amazing. Oh, yeah. Huge yeah, fan. Yeah, that, that was a lot of fun to drop for free. I so actually was... remain undecided on that card. You put it into practice, I... didn't you? Yeah, of course. I, and I had it in my hand a bunch of times, but the question that kept coming up was, do I want to attack on water or air, right? And I'm probably more likely to win on water because I can put this character into play, but air's the effect that I really want and need. So I am still not sure. So it can kind of... And I think that's a bit of a theme with this arc, right? Like cards that have strong effects but they kind of force you to into a particular path and a particular ring selections mm. I, I just thought of some jank you could do is that you run the lighthouse and you mill your own deck on the conflict side so you put a spell into the bin and you put a good card on top a good card on the bottom draw then in the conflict phase you drop it from hand and then shuffle it back into your deck so your deck is random again <laughs> and then you just rinse repeat uh, is there any value in that in that play? <laughs> no, because the I think it's the opponent. Yeah, it's an opponent's deck. You can only oh, you, you can't target your own. Oh. Can you? No, you, you could, could. You could walking the way. No, that's dynasty no. side. Never that's mind. Okay. It's, that, that was just my jank thought for the day. <laughs> okay, are we all good for pack two? Uh, yeah. I, I think well, the only other thing. Oh. The only other thing I wanted to say was um, that uh, so sabotage finally hit the table. And oh, yeah. it was useful every time against my opponents. Um, removing a Kanjo district has never felt better. <laughs> and more importantly, and more powerfully, removing a um, unicorn holding the new one. I can't remember. I forget the Shitomi name. Shitomi Encampment. Don't forget it. Yeah. I think it was that card is something that everyone should be keeping their eye on because that's a really strong effect. Are you feeling it's a one off, two off? Uh. Uh, undecided, uh, maybe even a two of, but it, it's probably, just probably two Alright, I think two of. I'm going to be pushing for an earth roll for Lion, probably Secret of Earth. Just if I win touch? worlds, if I win worlds, I'll be picking Secret. When when you win, why world. why Seeker? I want Pathfinder's Blade, and I want to ah, be yeah. free of the chains that bind. The Keeper <laughs> Province Rose just suck. I'm I'm sick of not having fate, so I'm I'm down for the Seeker. Alright, yeah. cool. Guess we I can close the file on that one. Sounds good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Saturday's tournament. Do you, Saturday. who, wants, who wants to run through? I wasn't there, so I'd like to hear from someone who was well, on the Well, why don't you set the scene as the highest-ranking player of that tournament here? You might want to... 
Before you continue, can I just say, I, I didn't attend either, but I heard it was another weekend where Hadamoto's got crushed on the battlefield. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but What's that's going on? for me. No, it's the the I, number I one lie. the number one crane player in Victoria, this guy called Hugh, unbelievable player. He just took it all out 3 0. Yeah. Damn. Um I don't know. It was a three round it was a three round tournament. I don't know what you can tell from a three round tournament. Um yeah, in terms of like the, the people that went, I thought it was a really good diverse um sort of scene, uh like number of clans, that kind of thing. We didn't see any unicorn, which was a bit of a shame because I think unicorn are really, really good at the moment. Really, really good. Maybe not really good, but certainly a lot better than they were. The only clans that were contested were Phoenix and Scorpion. Everybody else was like a one-of. Yeah, I got wrecked. I played Scorpion and just found myself up against these Phoenix decks, which seemed to be splashing Watch Commanders and Tadaka. And I, I guess, I guess what I learned. Was that I can't play my sleazy, no attachment, no cloud the mind decks, and expect to just cruise past Phoenix like I could probably pre-restricted list. It's not a thing anymore. It's very hard. Is that why you went for a sleazy intro to the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to set the tone, man. It wasn't sleazy. It was smooth. No, it made the hairs in the back of my neck stand up. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> was it a Jackie Treehorn intro? Is that what it was? <laughs> Jackie Treehorn actually produced that song, so yeah, magnificent. So, so can uh, so just for some clarification, Ben, um, the the Scorpion deck. Uh, what were you? What exactly? Were you, what type of build were you running? We, what? Well, more importantly, what new cars did you throw into the mix? Uh, I had Maze in there. Uh, three Mazes. Two I can swims. Um, they had the new upholding authority, and upholding authority did a good job. That was a good card. Totally rate that one. Um, that what was... went on box instead? Uh, oh no, I was. I regret what I ran on box. I should have run rally. <laughs> was it was it night raid? You it tell. Was night raid. You tell. It was night raid. Yeah, I and knew it. Rally would have been better. When it hit, rally would have been better. But you know. I still believe in Night Raid. No one else does. I know yeah, I believe you. I believe in you. But one day that card would be really good. I, it's just one of those cards where no one will think of it and then they'll go all in on a swarm strat and then yeah. you feel really good. Do you think that got- with the like Kuniari sort of Earthring like crab build, is there potentially a spot in there for it? Um, I think I try I think I was trying it two weeks ago when we played. Yeah, but uh, the thing is, though, I just think Crab want to control the board more than they want to discard hand, and so removing a fate using Talisman seems a lot stronger than um, a farmable province. Because in Crab, you kind of just don't want that farmable province because sometimes you will lose, but you won't let them break, and so having them just hammer home the Night Raid Province is kind of feel bad. But I think there's potential. I think what you're saying, there's potential there. Um, a hand control deck would be really fun out of Crab um, yeah. as opposed to a ball control deck. So, yeah, there's some promise there. I think so- Crab, Crab in particular, don't want provinces that that they want the opponent to break. They, you want to defend all of your provinces. Yeah. And you want them all to have nasty, repeatable effects. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of the same with Dragon. The only one they really have right now is Feast. <clears throat> which is you know broken so um do you guys so so uh, obviously Hugh took it out with crane do you guys want to just talk a little bit about what his deck was and uh what kind of did you guys see as him being able to navigate the field because crane kind of haven't really made a big splash anywhere in quite a while and i know it's only a three round tournament but it's just i'd just be interested to hear so what he took what had an impact He's been playing that deck for a couple of weeks now. And I think that um, kudos to him for trying it out and actually really good, giving it a good go. Because it is it is an Honest-style deck, right? Like, I think it's Phoenix Splash, and it's got the new cards in it that put the airing back in. Um, it plays against the waves as its restricted pick. And I think it was enhanced with this pack with the holding that gives plus one during air conflicts. But the only, the only game that he actually won 
uh, by honoring out was the first round um, when his opponent really didn't keep an eye on his honor and he managed to kind of sneak that one in there. And his last round, his last round he played against Rob, uh, who was playing the good old defensive dishonor style deck. Um, and he did really well with that, actually, like with zero uh, cards from this cycle. Uh, but that was his last round, and I think he won the rest of his matches by conquest. So it seemed like it was kind of a dishonest switch, maybe. Yeah, well, it let him bid five every Sorry. turn eventually. Oh. But he was playing oh, against. Yeah. Sorry, he played against uh, Jay Christoph for his second round match, and Jay was playing crab. And it was one of those games where sometimes it's pretty rare that Creighton just absolutely bollocks a crab opponent and just destroy them by conquest by turn three but that's what happened he got his voice of honors all three voice of honors off and no matter whatever move the crab player had it didn't matter like it was just it just got rolled and it was just devastation i think he plays mirrors gaze as well which really complicates things when it hits the table mm-hmm. like your the decision act- making yeah. your decision your cognitive load just triples when it hits the table. No, only only if you don't have the let go in hand. You just go, oh, let go, and then you just don't worry about it. Yeah, you just vol- he voice of honors you let go. Believe yeah, me, I've tried it. Crab rarely run let go, so in that matchup, probably wasn't going to happen. You uh, yeah, voice of honor the let go, and then you copy the let goes effect, and then you and then you just Take- fist your uh, opponent. That'd be gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as you can see, it's pretty challenge. It was a pretty challenging matchup if you could get the voice of honors off. Um, and you know there was a mountain that does not fall, um, and some a couple of other key events got cancelled. A rebuild got cancelled, so it's it just made it very very hard for Jay to stand up because I think that the crab matchup, if it goes long enough, I think it's very hard for Crane to stick around. But when you play Crane mega aggressive and you manage to get those first breaks. Then you got a chance of actually closing out. I yeah. swear it's a pretty tough matchup. I, I, I think a lot of people think that Crab is favoured. I, in my experience, maybe it's just my experience. I've always felt like Crane is favoured simply because they do have that potential to kind of come out of the gate swinging, and you sometimes don't have a flop that's prepared for that um, aggression. So kudos, kudos to Hugh for, um, you know, showing the potential of the honor deck, which is only kind of going to get a bit stronger with some new cards. And I don't think it's an exclusive honor. I think he messaged me and said that it's kind of a hybrid of the conquest and honor. Yeah. And yeah. everything we discussed last week about it, like gaining the honor so he can draw higher, um, seems like it all kind of worked in his favor. So, yeah, good job to our local player, Hugh. Hey, just one quick word on um, Mirror's Gaze. I think that card is in the same class of category as um, Watch Commander. I think it's a denial card. So just keep that in mind when you're playing against. Yep. As in, like, by the fact of its presence on the table. It's present, it yeah, it's presence alone. Pre- exactly right. Because if you play an event, then your opponent can immediately react with exactly the same event with potentially more devastating effect. Do you so think the, that? Do you on. think that that card is something that Crane actually need, given they have Guest of Honor and Voice of Honor? I don't. I. I it's too cost as well. I, I don't think it's going to see competitive play. The mirrors case. I think that I think that some cards are printed into some clans not because they they those clans need it, but because it encourages a splash into those clans yep. for other yep. decks. I think I think but it's you, one of those. If you have a yeah. flex slot though, like I'd happily put a one of in if I had room. Like what there's is no one? room. There's no room for a flex slot in Crane. No, I'm talking about I think it's splash. As a splash card, yeah. yeah. But then yeah. you're splashing Crane and then you're losing because you don't have attachment hate. Yeah. <laughs> like one of our other local players, Marwin, he runs um, Phoenix Crane to good effect. And so, mm. I don't know. They're, I think Merlin's correct. And I think regardless of it, it's, 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 it's definitely something you need to play around. It's also something that, like I said last week, I think it's just fun to play. It's frustrating to kind of understand what will happen when you play it, but it is a fun card to play. All right. Well, just before we leave the second pack meta... Uh, there's a couple of uh, Discord tournament games been going on recently with some of us uh, rollers. Uh, today there was a good one in the Australian Discord between Toridori and Ends. Did either of you want to kind of run through it, how it felt? No, no. 
<laughs> this game is horrible. Huh. I can't believe we streamed it. It's an embarrassment for my house. <laughs> hey, Enzi, what happened in that first turn? Uh, let's see. I put two fade on Nuona. Yep, that happens. And then you embraced her, and you assassinated her. <laughs> and um, other good things happened. Oh, you display a powered. Yep. Um, for, I don't know, fire, pretty that sure. That was water. Got to keep her. Yeah, well, oh, no, you've displayed for fire the next turn. Yeah. Um, or the turn <laughs> after. Yeah, so basically that's that's the synopsis of the game. Oh, no, it's not, actually. Um, I got theme? lost in my own maze of illusion twice. <laughs> um, so he guessed even correctly twice in a row. Um, and then he played maze against me, and I guessed incorrectly. So, um, yeah, that card can just burn basically. Um, I don't think I'll be playing it in my own decks ever again um, because it's just too hit or miss and, and the miss outweighs the hit in my opinion. And uh, that's a card for other people to play and for me to hope that I guess correctly against them and then I don't need to worry about it. <laughs> so Enzi, let me just ask you this critical question. Um, different yeah, people in this I, podcast. I did, I, they were sold out of cream at the store. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, so there's different Real ways man. of people on this podcast determining which bid they turn to. I was wondering Ooh. if you had any secret insights into how you turn your dial. Huh. Um, I should be using a die, probably. To turn but, your own dial? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're, like, you're, you're with Ben on that. Simkov, do you want to quickly just summarize how you determine what your own bid is for Maze? Yeah, sure. So, if there's no <laughs> tactical... Because very occasionally, there's a tactical reason why you choose something or the other. But in general, I'm going to roll a dice to determine whether it's even or odd. And when I put in a 2 or a 4 or a 3 or a 1 or a 5, that could be tactical. But generally speaking, right, I just think that there's not worth playing my own games. I don't want to have that stress... I don't want to have to go to bed thinking about, you know, he meted me. I was going to like meta, meta, buster, buster, buster his thinking. <laughs> it was like, there's no 4D chess. It's just roll a dice, get on with it, next action. Well, at one time I looked over at the table and I thought you guys were playing Star Wars Destiny with the amount of dice rolling going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I resent the dice rolling. The only reason I run it is to set up, I think it's... If it works, it's obviously a stupidly powerful effect, right? But it's really inconsistent. I hate running his inconsistent cards on my deck, but because it sets up, I can swims, uh, misinformation, you know, lots of powerful <laughs> cards. You fucking troll. <laughs> if, if I wanted to set up another card, I think I'd I'd actually play it again. But I think that for the time being, um, it's just not going to happen. So, so Enzi. You weren't there Friday night, but um, I think one of my fondest memories from that night is uh, Ben playing three of them against uh, Jay Kristoff. <laughs> and Jay rolled a dice twice, and I think he got it correct twice in a row. Yep. And then Ben played the third one, and Jay just decided he'd say the number instead of uh, rolling the die. And that was the time he got punished. And he, he was basically ready to flip the table. Which is basically how bad it feels to play that card or play against it. And it only worked against him once. It worked against me thrice. <laughs> yeah. See, it didn't I, work against your opponent. I take yeah. the completely opposite approach. I love the card. I'll be playing in all of my decks from here into eternity. And I just soul read my opponent. Even if they roll dice, I seem to get it right. So that's what I do. I just roll high. I think I'm 0 for wow. 15 so far in terms of my plays or played against. So um, I think I just kind of want to walk away from that card. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do that and move on to the next segment, shall we? All right. So what we're going to do is this is our ultra fast version of a pack review. So we're not going to do a detailed analysis. There's Sounds good. 20 cards of this deck. I've listed down the uh, Glenn, Birdie, NZ, and Merlin's names. And basically, what we'll do is we're going to go in a row and you get to say one sentence about each card. All right? All right. So I'm just going to read the card out and then this we'll is stop. Fun. Yeah. So I read the card out and you, as I'm reading it out, think about the one sentence you're going to say and then say it. Okay. Wait, this is this is Fires Within, right? This is the Fires Within. I'm just going to read okay. the card text out 
The new and, to sciences. Can and we just, just, just answer in order of our Discord chat? So Merlin would go first, then Glenn. <laughs> it's easier that way. Okay. All right. And just for me that needs to plan everything, are you going in alphabetical order? I'm going Merlin, Glenn. No, I mean with the cards. Uh, I'm going on that spreadsheet you sent me. So I'm going number okay. order, numerical okay. order. Uh, so... Go forth and ask. Yeah, so it's Mer Merlin, Glenn, uh, Enzi, then Bert. So first card is called a banning honor. It's a province. Uh, it's a uh, fire province, and it has uh, gets plus two strength whilst you have the fire roll. And as an interrupt, when this province is broken, choose a dishonored character, discard that sucker. Merlin, one sentence. Great in scorpion, comma. Not sure about everything else. Glenn. Uh, I think everyone, a lot of people, are going to die. More people are going to die in Rokugan than ever before. <laughs> Enzi? I'll be playing it in Crab. I won't be playing it if I have a fire roll. Birdie? Love at first sight. <laughs> okay, fantastic. <laughs> Next card, Haruma Koge. Uh, two costs. Who? Uh, Haruma Kogo. <laughs> K -O -K -O don't, don't read the card. Don't read the card. <laughs> Kogo. Kogo, okay. Cost two, Sincerity. Reaction, after the draw phase begins, if this if you have lower honor than your opponent, look at the top three cards of your conflict deck and put them back in any order. He has two military, one political, uh, one glory, and he's a bushy scout. He's a dynasty character. Uh, it is Merlin's thought. Less than ideal. Glenn? S sincerity is nice, but Yusuke is better. Enzi? Still trying to figure out the puzzle. Tori Dori? I don't know, man. Cra all the crab stuff's really good. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Next can I just add, can I just footnote that with it adds to Ben's no. theorycraft scout deck that uh, is forming. <laughs> it's a piece of the puzzle, man. I love it. Oh, it's all gonna right. be great. When they create a card that says about three scouts to destroy a unit like they had in the old game, it's gonna be sick. Yeah, we're not there yet, but I believe. All right. This whole scout thing is like Shay from the Jade Throne harping on about his imperial deck and how Ishikawa is going to be a beast one day it's just never going to happen man <laughs> <laughs> I believe alright I'm with you Shay um, next is a crane dynasty character the Sedani student he's a two coster uh, his uh, character gets plus two political while you've claimed the air or firing he's one military two political one glory a courtier Merlin great keyword everything else is kind of meh Glenn? Too many other good, too many other incredible two costers in Crane. Is he? You're paying two for the keyword in the art. Sorry, <laughs> uh, I reckon this is utter shit. I don't know why they printed it, given the the state of their their lobby uh, dynasty deck. I don't I don't see why they even bothered to print it. All right, terrible card. Excellent, Master Alchemist. He's a dynasty character for the dragon. Four cost. Action during a conflict, spend a fate to the firing, choose a character, honor or dishonor that character. Three military, one political, two glory, Shigenja, and the fire track. Merlin. What the fuck do you think you're doing printing a card like this? It's amazing. <laughs> Glenn? One, one extra fate for a honored general. No, thank you. <laughs> Edzie? This is a key component to my Dragon Dishonor deck. That's right. <laughs> I, I have a secret that's not kept by the Kami alone to uh, reference his flavor text. All right. <laughs> I think uh, if you've got a Yakuni in play, it can be kind of nice, or any of the high glory guys, but overall, it's pretty expensive. I don't think most dragons will play it. Okay. We've got a holding, which may or may not be called Wrath of the Kami. It's a dragon card, plus one province strength. Limit one per deck. Action. During a conflict at this province, lose an honor. This province gets plus one strength until the end of the conflict. You can do that as many times as you want. And it's got a very important trait. Shrine. Merlin. Sounds like it'd be kind of good in Enzi's honor deck. Uh, Glenn? It's limit one per deck. Let's just stop with that design. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Enzi? Yeah, it's just bad. 
Territory? Insightful. <laughs> okay, in, in the game of Texas Hold'em Poker, there's a derogatory term for players who are just there to have fun called fun players, creative term. And I think this card is made for the L5R equivalent. I think it can be fun, <laughs> but it's it's trash. Don't play it. Brilliant. Okay. Ben, what was your Ben, what was your thought? I feel like we're missing out on some key insights. Uh, for that particular card, I think it gives you an option that is unique in L5R. There's no other card that lets you lose the game by taking an action. I guess <laughs> but you can you can be on twenty five honor and just well twenty four honor and then immediately lose the game by taking this twenty four times. So basically, you're saying there's an edge case in timed games where you can still get a full loss in the mod mod win window. Yeah, I guess if yeah, that's right. You can loss. You can also great if strategy. If you are splashing scorpion, I'm not sure if that um, previewed save when you go to zero on a, a reaction is splashable, but if it's splashable, you could um, trigger that card to let you like cancel not a loss, gain an honor. Probably not very good. All right, let's keep on moving. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lion. All right, another amazing Lion just character. Just skip it. Just, just skip I, it. No, just go to the I next card. That's my favorite card. card. Shut up. Can we, right. can, we just, can we just get the Lion Hatamoto to, like, rein it in? On, like, everyone else okay. wants to appreciate this. One sentence, <laughs> one sentence, brother. You get your turn. Skip it could be your sentence. Akoma Ikahara. Lion character, three cost. Covert. First Lion character printed with Covert on it. Reaction. After this character wins a political conflict, which is Lion's Strength, choose a character you control, dash, honor that character, which improves their honor condition, draw one card. It's a one military, two political, one, uh, two glory, and a courtier. Merlin. Um, I cede my time on the floor to the Lion Hatamoto. Glenn? <laughs> <laughs> uh, potential in the honor deck, and you for a card, but anti-synergistic with all the cards that say when you lose a political conflict. Easy. This card speaks to me on a whole other level, and I will be getting a free beer from Bert when he finds just how terribly wrong <laughs> he is about this card. <laughs> Sorry, Dory. I fucking hope you're right, mate, but uh, as soon as... <laughs> I saw this guy before I... but before the physical card was spoiled, and... I find it insulting. A three for one, two with two glory with an ability that only triggers off something that we can never do as a clan and a keyword in covert that we can't make use of in political conflicts. We're just never going to win a political conflict. So yeah, this guy, I will eat him on stream along with the Matsu 7th Legion. Can I just say that this card is trash, but then it turns out to be amazing is kind of something that you've done before. That is true. We also should just shout out to the flavor text of I like to think of myself as the main event. Oh, oh man, God. Oh, God. <laughs> that is fantastic. I love it. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, a holding dynasty holding for Lion called Ancestral Armory. Gives you plus two problem strength. Uh, action, sacrifice this holding. Choose a weapon attachment you discard pile. Return that attachment to your hand. That's it. Merlin. I don't know. Maybe when you're maybe when you're seeker of Earth or something. Get Pathfinders back, yeah, I guess. Glenn. Uh, I'm not sure what to think of this. I guess if like they have to be careful with the weapon keyword moving forward. Enzy. Yeah, I think Pathfinders blade. What it says. Yeah. Okay. Birdie. <laughs> no, no comment on that one, man. Let's keep going. <laughs> keep the rage in check. That means it's going to be good, right? Like that means it's good. Let's go to the Chike Order Protector, or Trakar Order Protector, a dynasty character for Phoenix, four cost. Uh, while this character is defending, if you control a participating courtier or Shigenja character, this character does not bow, resolve a conflict resolution. Four military, three political, one glory, Bushy Yojimbo. Merlin, I'm excited to hear what you got to say. Well, I can't restrict myself to just one sentence. Sorry, bro. This guy is good for a bunch of different reasons. Fits in both style of uh, Phoenix deck. Has only one glory. Um, yeah, I think it's just solid all around. Good. Okay, Glenn. <clears throat> Why pay one fate for clarity of purpose when you can pay four for this character? <laughs> <laughs> I think we may find he's overcosted by fate, but I think it's really interesting. All right, Birdie. 
Um, I th- I'm starting to think that Phoenix have hit critical a saturation point with standing and readying effects. And I, so I think mm-hmm. that this guy's just a little too expensive and you're just better off relying on your old faithfuls against the waves and clarity purpose. All right. Next character I'm very excited about. Dynasty character for Scorpion. Soshi Shiori. Scorpion. Five cost re- uh, reaction. After you win a conflict, choose a player. That player loses one honor. Unlimited. Military two. Uh, political five. Glory two. Shigenja Air and Daimyo of the Sashi family. Merlin? Mm, I think it's good, but it might suffer. It might not see play because of the keywords. Glenn? That was two against the waves. Again, just, I, I don't know where it fits. Enzi? I just love the hard honor loss. Like, this is old school Scorpion, just gonna just drain you. It's beautiful. Maybe overcosted. Ready? I also love the uh, the old school Scorpion style of this card. I think it's going to be pretty good. I think the fact that it doesn't have to be in the conflict means that it, bowing to against the waves is not as big a deal as it otherwise would. Yes, yeah, so yeah, it'll see my point. I think it's good ambush bait and like fantastic thing to ambush out right. Uh, and also like you don't have to, you don't care if it's bowed. Still does its ability. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Battle maiden recruit. Unicorn character, massive cost of zero. Uh, this character gets plus two military, where you've claimed the water or void ring. Uh, zero military, zero political, zero glory. <laughs> uh, bushy, battle maiden, calf. Uh, Merlin. Okay, so if you're just going to buy it, it's negative tempo, and I don't like <laughs> negative tempo, but you can get it back with cavalry reserves. So it's kind of like the opposite of a character that you ditch because you can only charge it in. Go ahead. Um, just another card to remind me that Bushi Scout is never going to be playable. Edzy? Yeah, I think it's Satoshi Bait going in the bin. Buddy? <laughs> I love that I, I agree with Merlin and Chris, and I think that It'll end up being not worth the slot in your limited dynasty space. That's my pick. The only thing I'll say positive about it is Satoshi Bait, because when you cab out, it'll be fine, right? Like, mm. it's just an extra character, and there's more unicorn effects that say if you've got more characters in play, then you can do this effect. So I think it's good for cab reserves. Right. Wicked Tetsubo. Uh, it is a conflict attachment for crab. Uh, it costs two, uh, so it's cheaper than Pit Trap. Attached to a Berserker character. <laughs> um, so it's a Berserker only. It's restricted. <laughs> God, this better be good. Um, action. During a conflict in which attached character is attacking, choose a defending character and select either military or political. Dash. Set that character's selected skill to zero to the end of turn. It gives you plus one, plus one. It's a weapon. It's one splash. Uh, Merlin. Uh, it's it's not appetizing. Sorry, <laughs> Glenn. Crab had a matter, uh, Glenn. I was thinking about this card earlier today. I think for a berserker aggro deck, a crisis breaker or the tainted warrior seem like good targets. But honestly, I'll be just playing a scorpion kill deck with this as a three of oh, the seals. Love it. I love it. All right, Enzi. I think that. If it sets its selected skill to zero until the end of the turn, or the phase, I should say, then it might be more appetizing. But the way I play Crab, it's not going to make it into my decks. But uh, I think it's just a way too restricted. Uh, it has to be a Berserker. It's restricted itself, cost two, and then it only works when you're attacking. So in the military conflicts, when you're attacking, you're already going to be winning them if you're playing Zerkers, and so it's not relevant. It's only really good for when you're hitting people in political conflicts. And so I think it's just not going to see play. Do you think its uh, effect is at least two-thirds as good as Pit Trap? Like, is it costed effectively? Mm. You can't divide by zero, mate. <laughs> is Pit Trap the benchmark? <laughs> is that FFG's benchmark? <laughs> All right, let's you, keep moving. Jade, does yeah. J2 cost the same, right? So, like, compared to that card, I can see why you'd say one is better than the other. Can I, um, can I just say that this card has some interesting play, like if you're in the mirror matchup, you can attach it to your opponent's Berserkers, 
or you can combo it with the seal and do interesting things on your opponent's characters without your characters needing to be present. Just just putting that one out but there. But if you if you attach it to them, when they attack you, they can pick you. Or like you can pick yourself. Right? Why <laughs> would you? Like, yeah, yeah, but you give them plus one. Yeah. You, you, you just like choose the character it's attached to. Oh no, it's choose defending. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Ignore me completely. All right. Let's keep moving. Time is of the essence. Uh, Icon of Favor. It's a crane card attachment. Zero cost. Fire roll only. Very strong trait. While you have the Imperial Favor, attached character gets plus one glory. Reaction after you win a fire con. Honor that character. Plus zero, plus zero. It's an item with two influence costs. Merlin. Um, I think it probably could see play, to be honest with you. Um, there's the the honor deck that seems to be emerging. What clan? What, what clan are you seeing it playing? Crane. It can't it's be played in Crane. Unplayable. Not, not, not currently, I know, yeah. Oh, in like a future version of you, Crane. You could, just like you can do a dishonor fire, you could do an honor fire. Alright, go ahead. <clears throat> uh, I'll try it in Lion Honor deck, but other than that, not sure where it fits. Is he? Well, I'm just glad it doesn't cost one because if it did, it would be binder fodder. Uh, birdie. I think it's just absolute coaster. I don't know why you'd ever play this over the magnificent kimono. Like, just does it gives you less stats and has a worse ability. So there you go. Cool. All right. Insult to energy. It is a event for Crane. It's got a great picture. Uh, it's after a duelist character wins a duel, dishonored losing character. So got one influence, but. So it's flash splashable. So crane event, Merlin. I don't think there's really enough duelists around at the moment for this to have an effect, like to be reliably played. Glenn, uh, crane are going to start killing a lot of people in Rokugan. There's a lot of kill cards in this deck, in this uh, pack. Is he? It's making me consider crane as my splash and my dragon dishonor. Hey. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think this is a card that even in the future world where there's like a plethora of jewels, it probably still isn't good. So, yeah, I think it's probably a bad card. All right. Um, I think that if there's a jewel that's on a box, if Crane get a, like a, here's my box, I tap it to do some jewel, I think it's good. Good okay. call. That's a good call. I actually also think Enzi's got a good idea. Is is Vatsugo a jewelist? I don't yes. remember looking. Yeah, well, I actually think Enzi might have an edge case there as well. Great. I like it. Good work, Enzi. You are the innovator. Thanks, mate. You're an ideas man. All right. Uh, dragon attachment called Smoke. Costs one fate. Action. While the attached character is participating in a conflict, bow and sacrifice attachment till the end of the conflict. Each non-unique particip participating character gets minus two mill skill. Mill... Uh, plus one, plus zero. It's a spell fire. Merlin. Um, so I think there are better options out there. So I'm not going to play this card. Glenn? Uh, it has a good keyword with spell and also fire. So in the Phoenix fire deck, I guess it would be useful. Enzi? I think everyone is underrating this card. Um, I think that when the meta develops and we see more swarm decks, uh, Phoenix can play it fairly reliably. They have a lot of uniques. Um, yeah, I just I think we'll find that when everything comes out of the wash, that it'll actually be decent. I think as it stands, the best you're going to get is paying one to give your opponent minus four skill in a conflict, and that's like the best case scenario. So I don't I don't really see it having a splash at the moment. Okay, next card's my favorite card of the pack. Jurigen's Curse. It's a Phoenix card. <laughs> uh, it's really a Scorpion card, but it says Phoenix on it. Uh, it has zero cost. It's void roll only. Forced interrupt. It's an attachment, by the way. Forced interrupt. When the fate phase ends, if attached character is ready, resolve another fate phase after this one. It's plus zero, plus one. So it does give you a political skill. Spell, void, curse, influence one. Merlin. I really love the flavor of this card, but I think in practicality, you're right. Scorpion are the only ones that are going to be playing it. Good. Uh, this card probably deserves an essay, but I think <laughs> it's one of the I think it's one of the meta-defining cards moving forward. Enzi. I think it's fantastic. But 
I am shocked that this only costs zero. I think it's absolutely bonkers that this costs zero. It's like one of the most powerful effect to cost ratios we've ever seen in the game. It's it's absolutely mind-boggling. The How fact that it's void roll only is pretty nasty as well. How would you rate its effect to skill cost if we're using pit trap as the par? <laughs> <laughs> it's worth about 25 pit traps then. 25 also... pit traps? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 25 smackles. It's like... Uh... It costs it costs one influence too, so like it's very very splashable. So whoever's void roll can always consider this as a realistic option. Just three displays, one Jurigens. Well, you play three. Can you can Unicorn consider it as a realistic option, Glenn? Uh, we discussed it pretty heavily on Friday night. We just think because of the Voltron kind of approach currently with Unicorn that it kind of hurts you more. But if you play the Simkov build where you put five fate on someone. I actually don't see any issue with running this card. Mm, the tank cost zero. Yeah, no, I I got a deck off a guy called Demagogue, and uh, yeah, it was five. You put a minimum five fate on any of your unicorn characters, and it uses Hydro Fashion. I'll leave it at that. Um, Shout out to the Kagaran Greek players. Those guys yeah. are awesome. Yeah, amazing. Uh, okay, so unicorn card character, a conflict character called the Shiksha Scout. Okay, Shiksha Scout, so uh, alright, we'll leave that one there. Uh, cost 2 fate. While this character is participating in a conflict, you're considered to control an additional dude in this conflict. 2-2, two, two, uh, 1 glory. Creature Scout. Uh, Merlin. Um, I'm going to abstain from judgment on this card. I think, I think it has yet to be seen how well it combos with other stuff. Glenn. Two for two, two as a conflict character is not too bad. So, I don't know. I, I try, try it as a one of. Wayfinder is a like the comparison, I guess. And for one, their ability is insane. We'll see if the more participating really has an impact post six packs. Enzy. AG did this really cool thing where they give a really cool Naga to the Unicorn Clan with really amazing art. And it would be on just the edge of playability. And I like to see how. Um, I just love how FFG is continuing in that tradition. Birdie? <laughs> uh, this is the first truly awful unicorn card printed since last arc. <laughs> they've, got, they've got all the good stuff up until now. <laughs> Back to their losing ways. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, almost done. Uh, Invocation of Act. It's a unicorn uh, attachment. Uh, one cost. Action. Lose an honor. Good so far. Choose a character you control. Move this attachment to that character, then remove one faith from that character, plus two, plus two. Spell fire, Mercedo. Merlin? This is a much better version of smoke. Glenn? Um, I, one, one fate for a fan and katana combined seems so pretty solid. Enzy? The only problem with this is that it's not Maho. <laughs> I second the motion. <laughs> I think that the movement effect is cool when you've got a guy with no fate and a reprieve, because um, the then part of it is is a secondary effect, so that's pretty cool. Uh, it's probably a good one-off. I wouldn't sit, play more than one there. I think it combos pretty well with blackmail. I'll leave it at that. Mantis Seafarer. Neutral character. Conflict character. Well, this is pretty exciting. Uh, two cost. Air roll only, not as exciting. Reaction. After this character wins a conflict, lose an honor, dash, gain a fate, unlimited. Plus two, plus two. Wait, am I... No. Two, two military force, one political, zero glory, bushy, and another one of those dirty manis clan. Merlin. I think conflict characters are kind of competitive in Crane, but the ability is good, so it's a maybe from me. Glenn? This, this might be really dumb, but like, can you lose five honor and gain five fate, or is it per win with this character in a conflict? Only one triggering condition. One trigger, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, I guess what we've discussed before, where cranes seem to uh, get a surplus of honor to then utilize it as a resource to either card draw or, in this instance, gain a fate, seems like it could be useful. Yeah. Uh, Bird, uh, Edzy, sorry. 
I think you play him in line with the new box and Sashimono. Arrow only. Ready? No, no, no. I mean in the future. Not now. Nobody mm. has an arrow right now. Nobody can play this card. I think right now... Okay, so to get to get much good use out of this, you need to win at least two conflicts, and it's still costing you two honor. Um, then it's a free body, right? Otherwise, if you only get one win out of it, it's a one for cost for a 2-1, which is just mediocre. So I don't really think it's that good. Okay, last card. Uh, the title is a bit of a, a Back to the Future moment for old L5R players. One of my favorite cards, Breach of Etiquette. Conflict card, uh, neutral, zero cost action. During a political conflict, until the end of the conflict, each time a player triggers an ability on a non-courtier character, he or she loses an honor, and you can play the card max one per conflict. Merlin? I actually think it's really good. I think that there are more triggering conditions than people will recognize at first glance. Glenn? Um, sort of like a pseudo, more restrictive watch commander. I'm not too sure how many triggered abilities are on characters that are constantly used in conflicts currently. Enzy? Good, good future potential. Yeah, this is all about the future potential. Right now, you're maybe hitting the opponent for two honor in a conflict. There just aren't enough triggered abilities that we run. Uh, there's a lot of blank characters, especially with this these sets. Like, there's a lot of you know weenie blank characters with no abilities. So I think that it's probably going to take till the end of the um, arc or whatever it's called, um, or into the next one before we find you're actually being able to hit someone for the four honor that you kind of want to get out of it. Birdie? I love the shout out to the old game. Um, I think this card's already really strong, actually. So I think I'm a, on the other side of the argument here. I think that Crane and Scorpion are going to love using this to lock out not only your events, but also your printed abilities in play. And um, every point of honor is becoming more and more valuable as the, the game continues. So I think this card's going to see a bit of play. My last thought on that is I think that more and more as a dedicated Scorpion player, I'm starting to see that you're not automatically putting three of every card in your decks anymore. This is, I see this as a two, and I don't think this is necessarily a three of. It's like a two of or a one of. There's a lot of cards now where I think you can actually run two, and it's not terrible. It's not, it's, you don't have to run three to be optimal. That'd be my thought. All right. So that is the end of the pack bit. We are almost well at done, the end of it. Yeah, well done, good, guys. Um, so we're almost at the end of the show, but uh, just so you know, we're copying the pack review segment off everyone else. So we're going to copy another segment off every radio shows in the 1940s. So no Troll 5R, you weren't the first guys to do this. There was some dudes mm. back in ha using ham radios or shit. All right, list of questions. I think we actually got one. I think that means we've made it because we've got a list of questions. Who is handling our social media? Who's our media manager? I've got social the I've got the question up if you'd like me to uh, to read it. Do it. All right. So Clinton Hay writes in. Clinton Hay. He goes, he, yeah, he goes, hi, I've got a two-part question. Uh, first question is, would Ben explode if he was prevented from putting three times fate worse than death in his scorpion deck? Yes. <laughs> uh, also, on a serious note, I understand that Karmic Twist has become popular with the Phoenix players in regards to tempo. Moving forward, do you think it is still viable with the game appearing to be pushed into a faster environment? Well, I'll just before before I let the other folk answer part B, um, big shout out to Clinton A. He introduced me to Legend of the Five Rings many, many years ago um, in, a, in another place far, far away from my home in Melbourne now. He's a WA guy, and he's been pretty instrumental in getting the Perth group set up. So thanks for the question, Clinton, man. Have to catch up with you soon. Um, so part two, who wants to take a stab at Karmic Twist? Um, to be honest with you, I don't think Karmic Twist is going to see more or less utility than it does currently. Um, there might be some more interesting interactions, but I think I think it's in the same place right now as it's going to be in the future. I. I just want to piggyback on that. I think it's it's a deadly one-off all time. I think yeah. um, in, in post-cut uh, tournaments, if you have one on your list, it's going to make your opponent play around it, and that's a really strong um, effect. So there you go. 
So, so I guess Clint's question was: Does he said, does it matter? The game's seemingly getting faster. Does it still essentially have the same function? In, in th- um, yeah. yeah, I think so. I think that um, given that people are still stacking a lot of fate on on strong non-unique characters, that it's going to see play for a while. Right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. It's been a hot hour. Before um, we go, uh, yeah. we actually did get a few more questions. We got a rush. A more. We got a rush of questions. Sorry, uh, Ben. Oh, do we? Oh, Run on the question. Yeah. Let's let's extend out. All right. So I'll 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 start one. Here's one from KP. Shout out to KP. Uh, do you think that dueling will ever be interesting if one player is always able to pick both participants? Wow, that's a really good Ooh. question. Wow. Well, it's actually... certainly. Actually, I'll I'll defer answering that question. I'll I'll say that any time I've had a duel where it hasn't been a bully duel has offered an interesting element to the game in that current instance and offered a rewarding experience in terms of a mind game. Um, and it felt like it was always reasonably costed. Um, so I would love that to be the case if they change the ruling on the jewels. And with more jewels entering the, the game as we move forward, uh, that would be a really lovely way to, to approach it. All right. It, yeah, that's my thought. I like it. Uh, so from Yutaku Yamada from, uh, I believe, Sydney. Um, how will more movement effects being in the game change things for each of the clans? Do you think it will affect like power levels of each of the clans? Talk Can I have a go really? at this? Do you want to go? Yeah. yeah. All right. So I think that movement um, is something that hasn't really been a big part of the game. But what it actually does in the game is it puts your, if you're the person who's got a lot of movement, puts your opponent into this position of over committing and under committing. And that's very tactical. Uh, I, I hope that answers the question. Does that answer the question? I think that was a good answer. I think, uh, yeah. I think I'd also say that um, the more untelegraphed movement that comes into the game, the more interesting that dynamic becomes. Yeah. Currently, a lot of the movement effects are telegraphed, as in they are already on the board and you're, you can be aware that they're going to occur. But moving forward, the more that come from the conflict side, um, will offer some interesting uh, decisions, as Merlin has pointed out. Yeah, I think Dispatch it's... from Unicorn is a great card. And I like the idea of a lot of attacks begin with, all right, here's my little chud. He's stepping up to the plate and, you know, he assigns at this province. And, and then you've got options after that. Like, as a defender, if defensive movement is harder, how much do I actually commit to the conflict? And it becomes that extra game within a game about, um, you know, assignment. Yeah, I yeah. love those leveling wars. So the more of those in the game I'll, the, the, that we see, the, the happier I'll be. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, uh, sorry, so... and just one more thing. I think also the harpoons. The more harpoons that are in the game, yes. the more yes. that also adds a dynamic to that. Sorry, Bert. All right, so next question. I'm just going to skip a couple because KP asks us a whole bunch. Uh, one from General Tacticus, who is a local crane guy. Uh, shout out to you, man. Um, are there any currently restricted cards that you think shouldn't be restricted? Does anyone have one off the top of their head? Ben, do you want to answer that? Seeing as you've had experience, <laughs> clearly I'll forged a charge. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I would, I would say that I part of me would like them to potentially errata some of these cards to then be able to take them off the list. Charge um, being the charge, yeah. charge being the big one where I think if you drop it to three cost or lower, it becomes a much fairer card. I yeah. think for greater glory could come off, but I am biased. <laughs> Look, if, if there was a card, if there was a card, I think it is for greater glory. But I think in the current environment with the current cards we've seen, I think for greater glory should stay on. Yeah. All right. Too. So lucky last question. Um, another one from KP. What are your thoughts on the break for bonus provinces? The the X roll. Uh, you know, corresponding provinces. I don't know what this is. Oh, you I know, like. Go for the, it. The, the ones, sorry, Ben. The ones that are in this cycle, the ones where you, the interrupts that break. Oh yeah, which have plus two strength based on your role. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So, sorry, Chris. As I said about abandoning honor, I will not be playing it if I have a fire roll. So I think that you really actually see it as the inverse. Most of these things are if you have this role, you get this advantage. But really, because it's break and the idea of farming, that you just really want them to break. And so it's actually, you know, 
you use it in any elemental role except for the one that's labeled as. Except for water. What oh, except for water. All right. What's the water one? Uh, the water one is five province strength if you have the water ring, like it gets plus two if you have the water element. Um, and it says, after this province breaks, send one of your defenders home. I think that's actually one that you want to put in on water because the point of it is to make your opponent spend resources. And when once mm. you've done that and they've conquered the thing, you send your guy home. So I think yeah, that's you want actually really that. strong. Yeah. And I, I have think it's the opposite. I have a thought on these. I love... Part of the reason I love them is because um, effects that are strong on break um, speed up the game for all of us because provinces breaking means we don't go to time as often, so that's a, a good thing. I think that um, some of these are just not powerful enough to see play and others are very, very strong, like the fire one and the void ones might see play. So I'm excited for those. Um, but yeah, I think they're pretty cool overall. You like it as a concept, right? I definitely like break one broken effects on provinces a lot. I think I it's think, cool. I just think that with pathfinders in the meta, it's a it's a challenging justification to put it in. But I think, like Bert alluded to, I think the earth, fire, and void one offer up. What I think what's great about them is that they offer alternatives to the currently strongest um, provinces for those elements, uh, which is always good when you have more options that actually feel like their legitimate options yeah all right so thank you guys for the questions all right to wrap this up benny boy yeah let's do it um i guess any final thoughts from uh from merlin uh not off the top of my head <laughs> glenn shout outs um uh, no shout outs uh, just i just think it's great that you guys had a great time on sat data tournament testing the new cards and i just encourage people who can make it to these events each week keep going and just keep playing the game in your you know with your friends and at tournaments just so <clears throat> the community keeps growing and we've all had a great time over the past few weeks doing that mr ends look it was great to be here and i hope that uh the listeners got something out of my addition and if they didn't well too bad keep grinding <laughs> keep grinding through podcasts people uh birdie I'd uh, just like to say thanks for you guys for joining and everyone for listening. And also, if you listeners have a deck that you want some help with or just something you want to force me to play that's jank on Jigoku, uh, send it in to me and I'll play it and then we can analyze it on the next episode. So That'll be a future segment. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. And until next week, we're the Hidden City Roller Derby. <laughs>